And we are once again live. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm Dylan Bird, along with my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. It's been a long, almost four months here of the Survivor offseason, but we're back talking about the cast of Survivor 43, season beginning in just over two weeks. Uh, I believe it's Wednesday the 21st it kicks off. Yep. Uh, I'm excited. How are you doing, Ryan? How have you been? How's the offseason been? Dylan, I am doing well once again uh, for the third time in this new era. We are saying drop the four, keep the three this time instead of the one or the two. Uh, we might be welcoming the monster back again. So I am just really excited to have more Survivor in two weeks time. I can't wait. Can't wait to talk about the season, about the cast. Um, and I think we have a good one here, Dylan. I'm very excited. Yeah, I, you know, I took a quick, you know, look at the cast when the articles came out and the press came out. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I'm excited to dive deeper into it tonight. You know, I didn't take the you know deepest look. I'm excited to look deeper into tonight, analyze a little bit more like we normally do before each season. We're going to go one by one, each player in the cast, spend about two, three minutes on each. And then at the end, we'll talk about how they're divided into the tribes, uh, the outlook for the season, and that'll be it. So excited to get into this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a couple of housekeeping things before we start. So like Dylan said, the premiere is coming up in two weeks, Wednesday, September 21st. It's a two hour premiere, which if you think about what 41 and 42 look like, that was where we had two people go home in each of those seasons. Of course, 41 had the double tribal council where two tribes sent somebody home. And then last season we had Jackson's uh, medical back plus somebody voted out. So if it follows the same format, we should see two more people going home in this first premiere episode already knocking us down to 16. So starting off hot, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, if, if, if you didn't know before it is three tribes again, so a similar format, uh, at least it seems to 41 and 42. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. Let me, uh, as I normally do, let me share my screen up here. So we're going to be using uh, Dalton Ross's article for the pre-press here. Um, and we are going to scroll one by one, all 18 players in the cast. Let me get rid of our uh, little overlay here so that we could, everyone who's watching it could clearly see it. Obviously, yep. if you're listening, you can't see any of this, but uh, you know, you can listen to us give analysis on each player. Uh, but here we go. Let's just get the logo in the side there. Perfect. All right. So first player we got here is NECA. Uh, 43 years old from Weatherford, Texas, a pharmacist. Interesting. I'm not exactly sure if we've seen that too often. Um, on Survivor, uh, favorite hobbies, traveling, biking, and cooking. Uh, three words to describe her. Joyful, hardworking, and trustworthy. Her pet peeves are mediocrity and laziness. So, mm. you know, interesting to see with the laziness. Every time we see laziness as a pet peeve, it could be slight red flag because there's always somebody on the tribe who's lazy. Uh most proud of her family. She said she's made it through rough times uh, with her husband and they have three amazing children. Um, something that we would never know from looking at her, uh, how tough, determined, and resilient she could be. Uh, she says her hero is her dad. He overcame so many obstacles, um, came from poverty. Um, which survivor would she play the game most like? She says, Sari, because she loves to connect and do it so easily. I will play hard without seeming to on the surface. That's always a good quality to have. She believes she could be the sole survivor because she could accomplish anything she sets her mind to, influence others uh, to make decisions, and they'll think it was their idea the whole time. She's resilient, uh, and she'll never give up. So interesting stuff here with NECA. Um, what are your thoughts on NECA, Ryan? 
Yeah, so NECA, I thought she, I watched her video, by the way. So when we go through these articles, uh, depending on the person and, and the content that's out, we have obviously Dalton Ross's articles, Mike Bloom's articles. There are a couple of 30-second cast videos. There's also another Entertainment Weekly article. So there's a lot of stuff you can pull from. And we didn't get to go through it all. At least I didn't get to go through every single thing. But I watched NECA's video. She seems very, very nice, very personable, very joyful, as she as she says in her, her bio. Um, I think she could be fun. I think the thing with NECA is that she says that she wants to play in her preferred style, which is without the lying and without the backstabbing. Now, that's interesting because that makes me think of Danny. If you remember Danny's cast bio in 41, Danny was not about lying or backstabbing. Either he wanted to play a more loyal game, and even still, Danny's played a pretty solid game, and he could have been a threat to win at the end had he got there. So by no means, are you, if you say, I don't want to lie or backstab, it means you can't win the game. That doesn't mean that at all. It just means that that's your preferred style. The one thing I would say, though, is... Um, is she willing to make a move if she has to, if we, if we get down to the end, we'll see what pans out there. Um, I think the thing that I would say the most about NECA is she does seem very personable, but you don't want to be too nice where people are like, okay, well, if we just get rid of her, you know, no one's going to be mad at us. It's not a big deal. She'll take it. Okay. I think Adam Klein said this once Dylan, that you never want people to, picture the game without you you always want to you never want them to think about what the game would be like without you there so as long as NECA can get into a group of people she seems very loyal stick with them she could be a great number for them and maybe make a move towards the end that might be her way to carry her from the early game into the end game possibly yeah and you mentioned Danny and I remember us literally talking about Danny's cast uh cast bio and being like he doesn't want to lie he says he's a straight shooter uh you know, he is a former athlete and we know that, you know, former athletes who have and former athletes plus players who have played like that have not exactly had the best time. And it turned out that he was just so likable that he did such a great job and, and you know, made his way far into the game. So I think the question for NECA is, will she be liked and trusted enough uh, by her tribe that she could, you know, weasel her way uh, all the way, you know, in far into this game? So I think it'll be interesting to see, but I, I definitely think there is uh, potential here for sure. For sure, yeah. She seemed very personable from her video. Yes, and now we'll move on. Uh, let's see. Can we get to the next from here? Mm -hmm. All right. So now we have uh, Mike uh, Gabler, I believe, is how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. And, and I believe he, he's going by Gabler, so yep. I'm going to call him Gabler. Uh, 52 years old, originally from Houston, Texas. Now he lives in Meridian, Idaho. He is a heart valve specialist, so he's a doctor. Uh, likes camping, fishing, uh, hunting, and skiing. I think that's what you'd expect from somebody who lives in Idaho. Uh, maybe just maybe that's my uh, my uh, me not knowing what Idaho's like, but that's just how <laughs> the, the the vibe that I get from it. Uh, three words to describe him: intense, energetic, and fun. Pet peeves: unfairness and men in skinny jeans. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> what is the accomplishment you are most proud of? His family. He says. Uh, it's not been easy. Life's been busy. It's been hard, but through hard work, dedication, they stayed together, overcome obstacles, and are strong. What will we not know from look from just looking at him? Uh, as social as I am, I enjoy time alone. I also think I am more. I, I'm also more sensitive than most think. That's that's definitely interesting. Uh, I'll get back to that in a second. Um, he says his hero is his father. He's always there uh, for them. Uh, if he could pick one player to play the game like, it would be Sandra. She was always in the right place at the right time. She had phenomenal strategies and gameplay. Now, my favorite part of this. That's part of that's part. Why do you think he could be the sole survivor? His answer? Yes. Two exclamation points. 
obviously Gabler, confident guy here, obviously a smart guy as he's a doctor. Uh, to me, it's a slight red flag. Um, the fact that he says that he is a little bit more, he could be a little bit more sensitive than people think. Um, I think one of the big keys to Survivor is if you get blindsided, if something doesn't go your way, and let's be honest, if you're playing Survivor, something's not going to go your way at some point. Could you put things past you um, to the point where you're not going to rub other people the wrong way? You're not going to explode on other people. uh, You're not going to get mad at other people. You could put that past you. uh, Maybe maybe, uh, fix a relationship that has previously been broken. I think the best players understand that it is a game. Um, not saying he doesn't understand that, but the best players could move past things that don't go their way. Um, could, you know, not be hurt by things that go against them. So is he going to be able to put stuff like that past him? Is he not going to be sensitive in the game despite being sensitive in real life? I'm kind of curious to see that. Also, if you watch this guy's video, I mean, he looks a lot, he's, he's electric. The guy's going to be a fan favorite. I guarantee you that. Will he be uh will he be a Brad fan favorite where he just goes, you know, balls to the wall early in the game is a fan favorite, but then flames out early because he's going so hard. Or is he going to be somebody that goes deep into this game? I'm excited to see him. Definitely an eccentric personality, it seems. So excited to see how this goes. Um, what are your thoughts on Gabler? I had a feeling you were going to reference your Brad Electric Factory. Uh, thing <laughs> I, I had a gut feeling. I was like, Mike Gabler has given me uh, big Brad vibes. And I'm like, I, I would not be surprised if he goes out in that Brad spot in like the third or fourth episode. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, and yes, I do agree with you as well. That was the best part of maybe most of these bios. Why do you think you'll be Soul Survivor? Yes. Uh, I mean, my first thought was that he misread the question. It was just, The question was just simply to him. Do you think you can be the sole survivor? Yes. Um, or he's just that confident that he's like, I don't even need to give you a reason. I'm, I'm going to win it. Um, but with Gabler here, it's actually funny that you mentioned the sensitivity comment because I actually took the opposite opinion of it. And I feel like now that we've had 41 and 42, I'm definitely going to be trying to sometimes compare people based on their answer, sometimes not compare people. But um, Mike Gabler, ironically, was giving me some vibes in a way of Mike Turner from last season. And I say that because Mike in his bio, kind of like we just compared Danny and NECA, Mike literally said in his bio as well, what is something we wouldn't know about looking at you? And Mike also said, I seem a rough guy. I'm a firefighter from New Jersey, but I'm a sensitive guy at heart. Now they both are in their, I believe early fifties. And I wonder, and I think Mike just was so likable. My Mike was such a great social player. Not sure yet if Gabler will be able to match up to that standard that Mike has set. But if Mike Gabler <laughs> is able to connect with the younger members of the cast, he maybe, um, you know, he is a heart valve specialist. He has a lot of tattoos on his body, as you see, in I think, in one of the videos. Uh, if he can still connect with his sensitive side and, and really connect with the younger members of his tribe and the cast as a whole... He could go far. I mean, obviously, like I mentioned, he could go out early like Brad if, you know, people just don't connect with him as much. But if he can connect with others, he could go far. So I think there's a lot of, um, what's, what's what I'm looking for? Not variety. There's a lot of um, var- variance in terms of how Mike could do. I, I think your take on the sensitivity is interesting. Like, will his sensitivity be a, make him able to connect with others better? And in that case, he could use it to his advantage. Um, when somebody has their feelings hurt, will he be able to feel for them and help them out and be an ally? Or will, you know, is he just like sensitive in his own way? Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's an interesting take on it. Uh, it's an interesting comparison to Mike Turner and I'm curious to see how that plays out, but let's move on here. Uh, next we have continued on the next slide. 
Noel Lambert. I'm trying to see if this picture will load. There yep, we there go. You All right, perfect. 25 years old from New Hampshire, currently lives in New Hampshire as well. She is a U.S. Paralympian, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, favorite hobbies, snowboarding, traveling, and hanging with friends. Uh, three words to describe her. Tenacious, outgoing, determined. Another person whose pet peeve is lazy people. Uh, <laughs> slow drivers and phony people. Uh, she's going to have to deal with a lot of liars on Survivor, so good luck to her. Um, what's the accomplishment she's most proud of? She says, after my leg was amputated in 2016, I never let it define me. Define me. I returned playing Division One lacrosse, and in just two years, I made the Tokyo Paralympic track and field team and set a new American record in the 100-meter dash. So she played D1 lacrosse on one leg, very interesting, and then uh, set a record, uh, American record in track and field. What is one thing we would never know from looking at her? So she says, some people, don't, some people when they look at me, don't think I'm a tremendous athlete. Um, what a lot of people see when they look at me is my prosthetic, and they feel sorry for me and doubt my capabilities. That is their first mistake. Uh, she says her mom is her hero. Uh, she wants to play similarly to Kelly Wentworth, which, by the way, we'll get to it. But I noticed a lot of that, which is interesting. Uh, a lot of yeah. people mentioned Kelly Wentworth. Um, she says the reason why is because her trimates didn't think she was a big threat, but she found hidden immunity idols, created blindsides to further herself in the game. Um, why do you believe you could be the sole survivor? She says she has the ability to form friendships easily, and she could use that to her advantage to go far in the game. She's also good at strategizing and adapting to an ever-changing environment, willing to do whatever it takes to make it to the end. If you present me the impossible, I will overcome it. So this is immediately just by looking at Noelle. You know, she has one leg. That's, you know, you can see it. It's not a secret. Uh, this is obviously going to be one of the bigger stories of this season, at least to start. Um she has one leg. It's incredible that she is making it out here to Survivor. It's amazing that she played D1 lacrosse on one leg. It's amazing that she set uh, Paralympic uh, Paralympian records. Um, mm -hmm. She's going to definitely be somebody that's very intriguing on this season. I think the biggest difficulty that she'll face on this season is not the physical aspect. It's that when you have somebody with such a great story, nobody yeah. wants to bring you to the end. So yeah. she says... I think it's interesting that she brought up Kelly Wentworth and the reasoning why is she says her teammates didn't see her as a big threat, but she found immunity idols and created blind sides to further herself in the game. To me, if you're playing the game on one leg, is it possible to make yourself not a big threat? Because everyone's going to look at you and say, all right, if she goes to the end, she's going to win because she's, she has one leg. Uh, what a story. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, is she going to be, is she going to be able to lower her threat level? Because she says she's some tremendous athlete, so you would think she's going to display that early. Um, you know, she has one leg, so she, again, amazing story. So I think it's possible that she's going to come into this game as one of the biggest threats. And I think it, her challenge in this game is going to be lowering her threat level. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely impressed by Noel. I mean, I mean, I, after everything you said, how can you, how can you not be impressed by her? Um, I think, you, I mean, you're right though. I mean, we've had three amputee contestants, uh, including her. The first was Chad in Vanuatu, and the second one was Kelly B in, in Nicaragua. And you bring up a, a fair point that you know, in in Nicaragua, people did cite the fact that if Kelly gets to the end, she will win because of you know, her being an amputee, which obviously is very unfortunate, but you know, it's a certain thing that people might think about, even if it's, in, even if it's unconscious and people think of it in a few seconds, it's going to maybe cross your mind to combat that she cites in her bio. Well, I want to surround myself with other physical threats. Obviously she is an athlete. She'll do very well. I think at the challenges 
And based on other people on her tribe that we can get to later when we go over tribe divisions, she's certainly going to want to align with other physical threats. And I think that might help her because if you get to the final seven, final eight, final nine, and it's her and her alliance, and you have maybe three or four physical threats, they may take a shot at one of them before her. And that's where she hopes she can make her move and she can kind of find any cracks and she can make it to the end if her alliance members start to fall. So I definitely think that's her strategy to combat that story. But again, I am very impressed by her. I do think that she will be very um, tenacious. I mean, the, the, I think, like you said earlier, a lot of people saying they hate laziness. Um, I think Roxroy would just, would just love all of these bios. <laughs> Anybody that says they hate laziness gets a, a check in Roxroy's book. Um, but no, I, I think Noelle will be very fun to watch. Um, and again, I, I I keep saying I'm very impressed by her. She's 25, a year younger than me. And I mean, look at everything she's been able to accomplish. It's really cool. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see Noelle uh, on the season. I think she has a lot of potential and obviously a great story. So excited to see that. But uh, let's move on to the next player. We have Owen Knight, age 30. Um, originally from Maryland, currently lives in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. She, uh, he's he's a college admission, uh, admissions director, I believe, for Tulane, um, if you look at his Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite hobbies, backpacking, hiking, video games, uh, taking and coaching fitness classes. He says he is loyal, charismatic, and passionate. Um, pet peeves, people who are entitled and people who don't know what to do at a four-way stop. Um He's most in, he's most proud of being named an admissions director at my age. Uh, being he says being named an admissions director at my age is rare. To be named a director at my alma mater reminds me that the grind has been worth, and the people have noticed how dedicated and genuinely invested I am. Something we would never know from looking at him. He says he's a great public speaker, uses people skills and work every day. Asian men have a certain unfair stereotypes associated with them he doesn't fit that mold he played football in high school he was rush chair for his fraternity he can entertain a room of 800 people he used his eq more than his iq on an average day his hero is his parents um they've supported him most people have said the same thing uh, you know for this question so i'm not gonna get too much into that um mm-hmm. he says he will most play the game like adam klein interesting uh kept his threat level low had good relationships with everybody was his authentic super fan self he says he can win Survivor because he is an unassuming triple threat, socially unlikable, and take a genuine interest in people. I make people feel like I am invested in them, and that's because I actually am. Physically, I am athletic enough to be an asset early in the game. However, nobody is going to mistake me for Ozzy and view me as a threat to go on an individual immunity run. Strategically, I am a Survivor super-duper fan and have seen every season and watched international versions. I've studied this game, know what works, know what doesn't. Most importantly, I am pretty self-aware and know that I need to play my own game and go with the flow as the game develops. Okay, a lot of long answers. What do you think, Ryan, of Owen? Owen, the Night King, as a lot of people are saying, as we are in peak House of the Dragon uh, Game of Thrones season right now. But the Night King, Owen... Um, I love Owen. I think Owen is really great. I loved his video. I really liked his bio. A lot of people are fans of him. If you look on Twitter and uh, uh, Survivor Reddit, people are in the fan community all already high on Owen. So I can't wait to see him play. Um, I think the fun fact that I saw in one of the videos was that he was almost on David versus Goliath, which is pretty exciting. So he was actually an older, well, not, not older school, but like in terms of the top, the first 40 seasons era and the new era, he was kind of, potentially cast back in 37 which is pretty cool 
Um, he wants to surround himself with both meat and brain shield. So he doesn't just want to get the guys together. He also wants to get anybody who is playing a strategic game around him. So that way, whatever threat is being targeted, he's protected from all sides. I do like that. Obviously, yeah, you have to hope that nobody catches on. And in the case of like Omer from last season, who's playing such a fantastic and amazing game, you don't want to be clocked that you have this in-depth strategy. You are a triple threat, as he says. You have all these shields. Like you don't want, like he, like he says, you need to th- lower your threat level. If you are the biggest threat, if you are the tallest piece of bamboo, you're going to get chopped down. So how do you lower that threat level so that way other people get taken shots at before you? Um, I think Owen could do well in this game. The one last thing I'll say is that the pet peeves are always very interesting to me, Dylan, because, you know, every year we get one or two that I always remember. And I think back to just like how we always get one or two unique occupations every season. And certainly we'll get to a unique occupation later. Um, People who don't know what to do at a four-way intersection. So can you imagine someone like Owen having some road rage and getting upset at somebody who is not following the proper four-way intersection rules? Not really by looking at him. So, I don't think so. Yeah. And especially reading his answers, you're like, oh, this this guy is somehow mad at a four-way intersection. So it is pretty funny. It is, it is pretty funny. Yeah. The one last thing I'll say about Owen as well is he's a college admissions director. I think that's actually a really great um, occupation for this game. I mean, obviously certain occupations do better than others, but there are times where certain occupations surprise us. Like, so I can't generalize, but if I think back to former players who were college admissions directors, or they had a guidance counselor, admissions counselor type of background, you think to Jamal from Island of the Idols, Jamal had a pretty decent, well-rounded game. Jamal was very social, had some strategy to him. And you also think of Kellen back in Ghost Island. Kellen also had a similar background as well. So I think it's a good skill set for this game. So I, I have high hopes for Owen. Yeah, my my quick thing on Owen, um, I'll say for me, uh, I think he's in my top three to five of early favorites. Um, again, that can mean that he's just a big threat later in this game. <laughs> um, look, a college admissions director, I mean, this is somebody who clearly is gonna, has spoken to people and heard stories from literally every like possible different background. So I think that him relating to other people and like, being able to understand other people will be something that he's very good at. Also, um, I think that he he kind of says it himself. Like, by looking at him, you don't see this guy as being a huge threat. You don't see this guy as being a physical monster. Yep. Yet, he says he played football. Yet, he says that uh, he coaches fitness classes and he takes fitness classes. Like, I don't think I would expect that just by looking, from, looking at him. So, uh, I think that he's kind of – and again, he says, nobody's going to mistake me for an Aussie yet. I'll be good physically. I, I think there's a lot of potential here. His, his, uh, especially his occupation is something that's very interesting. So I'm going to say, Owen has a lot of potential in this game for sure. And, uh, let's move on to the next. All right, Justine Brennan. So I'll take this one, Ryan, and then you could take it from there for the next few. Sure. Um, Justine Brennan, age 29 from California currently lives there as well. Um, she works in cybersecurity sales. Interesting. Uh, Favorite hobbies, cooking, oil painting, and golfing. Three very different things. Uh, she says three words to, three wor- uh, words to describe her. Um, self-sufficient, resourceful, and witty. She says her pet peeves are when people walk slowly right in front of her, when you open the door for somebody and they don't say thank you, when people are passive-aggressive. Immediately, my mind goes to that she doesn't have 
a lot of patience. So interesting. Uh, okay. This, this could have been one of my favorite parts of the entire. This was the, this was, I'm going to write this down. This was the highlight of the cast bios for me. What is the accomplishment she's most proud of? She says, my parents let me borrow their 20-year-old Lexus X, uh, SUV a few years back. I immediately ran the passenger side into a four-inch uh, tall, uh, four-feet-tall concrete pole by making a sharp right turn and not seeing it in my blind spot to fix the destroyed door. Would have to cost more money than the car was worth. So I looked at a few websites for a few junkyards, found one that had a 2,000 gold Lexus LX470, bargained it down from 750 to 400 installed the new door on Thanksgiving Day. Aside from the passenger window being tinted, it was like the accident never happened. Hilarious story. Clearly a schemer. Uh, hilarious. Um, she says that we would never know from looking at her that uh, she says a lot of people think she's an unathletic girly girl, but her dad raised her to be the son that he never had. She grew up racing dirt bikes, going to fishing derbies, uh, and at her high school's junior uh, traditional junior versus senior girls powder puff football game, she put a girl in the headlock, tackled her to the ground. There's photo evidence. Uh, mm. Again, she says her dad's her hero, so I'm not going to get into that. Very similar to other people. She says she would either be like Kelly Wentworth or Joe Anglum uh, because Joe was insanely competitive in challenges um, and um, both generally likable people to their tribe. Okay, pretty simple there. Um, she says she believes she could be the sole survivor because in sales, she has to outwit people every day. It helps to have a high EQ. Um, and I've always been more emotionally intelligent than book smart. That's a huge attribute when interacting with other, uh, tribe members. She also says she has a psychology degree, which I think is very interesting and important for obviously for psych, uh, for survivor. Um, and yeah, not, uh, too much to go into. She says she doesn't like losing. Um, she's that stubborn. Uh, calling herself stubborn. I'm not sure that's the best quality for Survivor, but interesting bio here. What what do we got here, Ryan? I'm still stuck on that on that story. I mean, I I just got to imagine. So you're 25, 26 years old. If she says this was a few years ago, her mid early 20s, and immediately after borrowing your parents' car, you ram it into a concrete pole, <laughs> and then you haggle the price down. And you replace the door and then you say, okay, well, it, the window is now tinted. So it's like, it never happened. I mean, that's, that's quite a story. I mean, it's very, very interesting. And I think it's funny because she, uh, between, between the dirt bikes and a few other things, she says that she's, she doesn't come off as, you know, competitive or as, you know, determined or as hardworking as she really is. I feel like she comes off pretty determined, hardworking. And, and, and then that's my thing where it's like, and I don't know if this is a self-awareness thing. Um, I mean, Justine, obviously, she's really, she's really pretty. She's really confident. She could do well in the challenges. I feel like she does come off competitive like she she is. So I feel like she could be threatening to people, Dylan. I mean, obviously, you hope that she gets in good with a group of people and they want to align with her as a strong competitor. But in the wrong situation, I see I could see people honing their sights on her, potentially. I'm almost getting vibes that she could be the Tory of this season where people see her as a threat because she's scheming early. She's trying really hard. Um, I don't know. I, she just, she seems like she's like, how do I describe it? It's like Tori got the edit of being like, uh, the girl that was, um, like all over the place, three different places at once, a million different thoughts at once, all over the place, sloppy gameplay. She Justine is all over the place in this bio. Um, 
I could see her going really hard from the start. I'm going to say that there is a wide range of outcomes for her, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> I think she yeah, could I mean, go far if she could kind of mold this all into into like a productive game, obviously. But I think that she also has a lot of qualities that could make her threatening early on. Yeah, I mean, look, in terms of the positives, she's here to play. And, and I, think, I think that's what we can say about most of the cast of 41 and 42, that these people are playing in the new era of Survivor, in the post-pandemic Survivor, and... They're all itching to go out there and play and play hard. And I will always take somebody who's going to play hard, whether or not it's messy, because it's actually funny. I, I listen to a bunch of other podcasts and I watch a lot of obviously reality TV. And a good thing that I always hear is you can't play too hard. That It never hurts to play too hard. You just can't play too messy. Because if you're not playing hard, you're not playing and the game's going to pass you by and you're going to miss your chance to get yourself set up for the end game. So you, you should be playing hard. You just shouldn't be playing hard and messy. So I will take someone like Justine who is going to play hard. Hopefully, like Owen said, a player can lower their own threat level. And I mean, she's competitive. I mean, she says that she's in cybersecurity sales. She says in her, her uh, 30 second video that it's a male dominated field. So she has to work even harder in that uh, field to succeed. So I think she's going to do what it takes, especially if she finds herself in an underdog position, she will fight to find those cracks possibly. Yeah, I definitely think uh, you could be right on that. So we'll see what happens. I think she'll be an interesting player on this season. Uh, all right. Yep. Going to move to the next. We have uh, Cody. So you want to take this one, Ryan? I no, will do the, I will do the next couple. And I am so glad I got to start with Cody. Because Cody, whew, Cody, his bio and his video was quite a wild ride. If, if anybody hasn't caught up with this yet. So Cody Asimacher. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Cody is originally from Iowa, currently lives in Hawaii. Uh, fun fact, he and Gio on this cast are our first two contestants from Hawaii. So Hawaii finally getting some representation here. He works in elevator sales. And I don't know what elevator sales is. Does that mean that he goes to existing buildings with elevators, which is a good number of buildings at this point in the world, and looks to either improve them, switch them out with newer models, does he go to buildings that don't have elevators and convinces them to, I, I'm very interested about what an elevator salesman does. It's, I, I've never considered how elevator salesmen operate, I guess. Um, but his hobbies are going out with friends, traveling, being outdoors. He's optimistic, charismatic, and fearless. Another person who hates lazy people. Um, also pet peeve is social media addicts and clipping nails in a public location, which I feel like it's just common decency. I feel like most people would have that as their pet peeve list. I can't imagine anybody would be okay with someone who clips their toenails in public. Um, uh, his hero, is, this is a very sweet story. His hero is his friend of his who had passed away from cancer in high school. And that loss lit a fire at him in an early uh, age. I also knew somebody at college who had lost a best friend in, in high school to cancer. So it's obviously a very uh, tragic story. He thinks he'll play the game like Malcolm, someone who is likable, physically skilled, and humble, um, and someone who can uh, sit back and sometimes play the role of a fool. He says this a lot. Uh, play the role of a fool to fool a fool who thinks they're fooling you is critical in competing in this game. And he thinks he can be the sole survivor because, I mean, it's, he's meant for it. I mean, he's, he's charismatic, fun-loving, and competitive. So, Dylan, like I said, Cody, I think Cody will be fun. I think he will be fun to watch. He will be wild to watch. If you didn't watch his video, he has a tattoo on his ass. Don't did you know this? Uh, I did see this. Yes, it was in the trailer as well. Do you remember what his tattoo says? No, I don't. It either says, and I can't remember this. It either says radical 
or get radical. And if anybody has that tattooed on their ass, you got to be fun. Or as Dylan likes to say, likes to say, electric factory sometimes. Um, I mean, he he describes, I think, in the Mike Bloom article that he has kind of like almost like, like a mullet look. He has like short hair in the front and long hair in the back. And he says, and I quote, that um, his his gameplay will be like his hair, relationship building in the front and wildly strategic in the back. So, again, another high variance player, but I think Cody will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Cody's going to be one of the f- more fun characters to watch, possibly of uh, the last uh, of the new era. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of, you know, I, I think that uh, Survivor, I'm happy that it looks like they put a lot of work into getting some of these eccentric characters on the season. Yeah. Um, Cody is one of them. And like you said, um, yeah, I think he'll do well because, you know, he as long as he doesn't come out crazy strategic and just kind of comes out as that guy who is, you know, out there for the adventure. Like if if he appears like that and just seems like he's, you know, just fun loving guy, who's a little bit crazy. I think he could go far in this game. Um, I think for him, he's going to have to display that side of him more than the strategic side. So we'll have to see uh, if he could do that well. And if he could, then I think that the ceiling is high. Yeah, I mean, based on based on his appearance and based on his background and being from Hawaii, he could easily play the role of like a Fabio or like a Devin Pinto and play the role of the goofy guy that people aren't threatened by while pulling the strings behind the scenes. And I, I can't remember remember if it was Fabio or Devin, but one of them was like, "I'm from California, but I don't surf." Like he, Cody, could easily play that role and lower his threat level pretty well. So I think he has potential. Agreed for sure. Next player we got. Mariah Young. Yep, Mariah Young from uh, um, Philadelphia, born and raised, age 28, and she's a teacher. Uh, Her hobbies are shopping, traveling, and creating content. Uh, Three words to describe you, colorful, energetic, and joyful. And as somebody who looked at this picture and watched her video, that is 100% what it is. Mariah is definitely a very colorful person, both inside and out. She comes across, I think, in her video as very positive and likable. Um, the opposite of that, of course, is being negative. As her pet peeve says, negative Nancys, Debbie Downers, and bullies. I need to find that Abby Maria sound clip where she's making fun of Stephen Fishback and she's saying he's a Debbie Downer. Um, but she's most proud of... Also, Dylan, this, this also caught my eye too. What are you most terrified of? Or I'm sorry, what is something that we wouldn't know by looking at you? That I'm terrified of clowns. And I can understand how some people have a fear of clowns. Maybe somebody doesn't like it. Maybe somebody thinks that clowns can be a bit scary and terrifying. But I mean, I feel like I'm looking at the wardrobe and I'm like, you're already starting, you know, past zero there. You've already kind of gotten to the halfway mark in terms of that. But um, (laughs) she says that, uh, who's her hero? Herself, Mariah. She says that she saves herself each and every time, but her mom is the ultimate hero. Um... Dylan, in the year of 2022, we have gotten a James Clement reference. Can you believe it? I don't believe we... Uh, look, bring bring James back. That's all I got to say. Bring him back. <laughs> James Clement, it's been too long. The fact that um, she says, I'll play the game like James. Don't bite the apple. Famously, he gets voted out by Amanda and Todd after saying to them, guys, don't bite the apple. Let's just walk happy together to the Garden of Eden and we'll take out the uh, the the um the Jean Hu members and don't bite the apple. And of course, Amanda and Todd bite the apple and vote him out. So I love a James Clement reference. 
So, so this is where she says, stay true to your alliance and stick it out to the end. Both her and Nefka seeming to wanting to play a loyal game as per their bio and wanting to stick with their alliance could prove helpful if they get in with the right group of people. And Mariah says that she could be the sole survivor because there, is, there isn't anything in the world that she can't accomplish. So Mariah is very interesting to me, Dylan, because my first thought right away was this is the player who is going to be very likable, very nice. People are going to like having her around. And at some point, she'll get voted out because she's too likable. And she might be a threat to win, like your Elaine's, like people like that who get voted out because they're too likable. But then I thought about it as well, and I was like, but that's what I said about Marianne. I said that Marianne, I remember saying this in our, our cast preview last, uh, back in March, I was, or February, I was like, Marianne, even though she could annoy people, and she did annoy some people on her cast, she could be very likable, and she could get voted out because she's a threat. And Marianne won. So it's not, I would not be shocked at all if Mariah could win this game. I think she definitely has the social game unlock based on what I'm reading in her bio and seeing in her video. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to classify Mariah as a strong contender. Um, I really like what I see. I, I think that the most inter- one of the most interesting things here um, is that, so like obviously like if you look at her like appearance, like, you know, she's wearing a, basically a rainbow. Her, her hair is like a rainbow. Um, clearly somebody's going to be very social. Uh, social. Um, clearly somebody's going to be very likable. Um, I'm not sure, and this is, you know, similar to like you said, Marianne, Elaine, uh, those types of players, is that at the beginning, your your first instinct is you're not going to look at her as a threat. Like, that's just the way it happens. And that's a very good thing. Um, now, I also want to bring up here, she says that uh, her favorite co- uh, favorite hobby, she likes creating content. I believe she has a lot of followers on TikTok. If I, oh, if okay. I, um, if I, I believe I saw that somewhere. I'm not positive, but I believe she does. She also says... She opens her. Uh, she opened a selfie museum. What that means, I don't know. Um, but she clearly has some kind of entrepreneurship uh, between the content creation and the selfie museum. She clearly has some kind of entrepreneurship uh, business mindset going on. So I think there's a lot more to her than we're just seeing based on these answers. So I think she's going to be a very good strategist as well. Um, like you said, her. The, the question with Mariah is, will she become too likable and too big of a threat too early? Um, but I, I think she, she's she got a lot of potential. So I have a couple things to look up after this podcast before we get to the next person. What is a selfie museum? <laughs> what does an elevator salesman do? <laughs> I have a lot of questions already to look up after this podcast. For sure. Uh, but let's move on to the next. Uh, so we got uh, Sammy here. Yep. So Sammy Lady, our youngest contestant at 19. We hit the oldest with uh, Gabler at 52. We've now hit the youngest at 19. Uh, Sammy is uh, born and raised uh, currently in Las Vegas, Nevada. Dylan, his occupation. <laughs> like I said earlier, every year we get occupations that I remember. The ice cream scooper, the zookeeper, the doorman, a lot of different... Oc- we have a pet cremator, which... Made me very sad upon reading that. And I feel like I have questions, but I also don't want to ask these questions. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't think I've ever put the words pet and cremator in the same sentence. And it's... Uh, we, can, we, can move, we, can move, we, can, we can let him explain it. We can move past we, it. I, I'm sure... 
I, I, I would, I would love a conversation between him and Omer. I feel like that. I feel like that. That's a very interesting conversation. Omer being a, a exotic veterinarian and Sammy being a pet cremator. It's a very interesting combination there. Um, but Sammy is um, unpredictable, tenacious, and indecisive. And I don't think those are words I would want to use in my survivor bio, or if I was drafting a survivor team. Um, his pet peeves are excuses, laziness, and being woken up before noon on the weekends. So luckily there's no clocks on the island. That's good. Um, he's proud of getting his Eagle Scout um, because he struggled mightily with completing some of his merit badges. Uh, you wouldn't know by looking at him that he has a very culturally diverse background with his father being an immigrant from Morocco. His grandfather is his hero. Uh, another Kelly Wentworth reference. So far, I feel like Kelly Wentworth and Suri have gotten the most references so far along with Malcolm, I believe. But uh, he thinks he'll play the game like Kelly because Wentworth never gave up until the torch was snuffed and she was at the bottom, but she climbed up, clawed her way back, and she managed to foil plans that people had to take her out. And Sammy thinks he can win the sole survivor because um, he doesn't allow himself to know what it is going on with those around me. He's too conversationally and emotionally well, he, experienced with people. Yeah, go ahead. He, he doesn't allow himself to not know what's uh, what's oh, going on with uh, people around hey, him. What? That's my pet peeve. Can I, can I say my pet peeve? I don't like double <laughs> negatives. I don't like when people use double negatives because either I misinterpret it or others misinterpret it because <laughs> there's no need for it. Why can't Sammy just say, um, I, I, I allow, I always make sure to know what's going on with people. <laughs> Why do you have to put the double negative in there? I don't understand <laughs> that. Um, but <laughs> with Sammy, here's my thoughts, Dylan. While I think he could be fun to watch as well, kind of like Cody, I think they could both be fun to watch in different ways and, and they are on different tribes. I do worry for Sammy. And again, I don't want to generalize. I try not to generalize, but I mentioned this with Swathi last season. I mentioned it with Xander two seasons ago. And in both cases, even though one made the final three and one was pre-merge, it was the same story. I do worry if you are 19 or you are very, very young, or in this case, you're the youngest in the cast. Because when it comes to self-perception, perception from others, your awareness of yourself, whether you're answering jury questions or you're trying not to play the game too hard in either Swathi or Xander's case, it's, I feel like, it doesn't always work out and you end up getting targeted or in Xander's case, you just don't get the respect of the jury. And I think unfortunately for Sammy and, and listen, I'm jealous. I wish I played the game. Well, actually, no, I wish I played the game when I was 25 or 24, not when I was 19, but I feel like when you're that young, it is a very tough spot to be in. So I, I don't envy his position here again. He could surprise us. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it to the end. I just don't know if the jury will award him the money. That's my point. I'm going to say I would be surprised if he gets to the end based on some of his answers. I see him as potentially an early boot. Um, I just think that he is giving typical answers that a 19-year-old would give, and that's not what you want to see. So, uh, yeah, I don't have much more to say, but he should be interesting. You know, uh, younger players like that, uh, especially who call themselves unpredictable and indecisive, uh, should be fun to watch. But 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 he knows himself. Like, I, I would rather him tell me that off the bat and then I see that on the island rather than he says to me in his bio, 
I am the most perceptive person. I am super predictable. I'm very measured. And then the first day he runs into the woods like Tony did in Game Changers. Like I would rather him at least know who he is. How about that first spin zone? L- love to see it. You know, like I, I, no, but you're you're right though. Like like not like actually not joking. Like you have to be self aware to play this game. So it is yeah. better that he is self aware about that, those things. All right. All right. Next we have uh, Carla. Yeah. So I'll take Carla and then I'll pass the ball back to you for the next batch. Uh, so Carla, Carla is 28. She is originally from San Diego, California, but currently lives in Newark, Delaware. She is an educational project manager. Her hobbies are traveling, brunching, and karaoke. Three words to describe her are ambitious, gregarious, and adaptable. Her pet peeves, chartiness, pessimism, and slow drivers. She is most, um, the accomplishment she's most proud of is that her parents are Mexican immigrants who became teenage parents at the age of 16, which led me to grow up in a low income community where college was only the dream. Fortunately, schools became a safe space for me where I felt loved, cared for, and seen. And then this is really cool. At the end of that uh, paragraph, she talks about how she got the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's uh, Millennium Scholars Program, which is a highly prestigious scholarship. So that's really impressive that um, uh, Carla got that. Um, Carla also says that you wouldn't know by looking at her that she's incredibly competitive and an overachiever in every aspect of life. Uh, Her grandfather is also her hero, as uh, I think Sammy or someone else just said prior to her. Um, Sari, another Sari mention. Uh, she wants to play the game like Sari because she was incredibly well-rounded, social and analytical, loved by all, knew when to serve the pot, and she's also physically strong. And she believes she can win the game because she's adaptable, resilient, and gregarious, and she's confident in her social game. And by the way, I gotta say, people who have watched our podcast, people who are new here will know or learn that, in my opinion, Sari is the best to never win. And I, while I love all the Sari references... There's only one Sari. And if you want to play like Sari, those are big shoes to fill. You got to pull off a couple three, two ones. You got to basically be a massive strategic and social threat. But Carla is someone who's very interesting to me. Carla is had a really great backstory. I mean, it sounds like based on her background, um, it was a tough upbringing. And she had to, and I think she says this either in her video or in the official 43 trailer. She's like, I had to fight. I had to lie. I had to hustle while like putting a smile on people's faces. Well, no, sorry. She with a smile on her face, she's able to lie. She's able to hustle. She's able to fight, and she has no problem doing what it takes. I think the line that you and I joked about in the forty-two finale uh, podcast was she has a line where she's like, "Is there anything that I wouldn't do?" And she's like, "No, there's nothing I wouldn't do to win." So I admire the hustle in her. <laughs> if we were putting this tribe into heroes, healers, hustlers, she would definitely be on the hustlers tribe. But I think Carla is really interesting. What are your thoughts, Dylan? I see a lot of potential here. First of all, I like her off the bat. Like, I think that that, that line in the trailer was hilarious. And it was honest. And I, I love to see that. Um, love to see honesty in, uh, in the confessionals. You know, just don't hold anything back. Um, I think, you know, her background is incredibly interesting. Is like she says she had to hustle her whole life. She, you know, got a full ride uh, scholarship, um, which is awesome. Um, when, you know, college originally was just like a dream for her. Um, she seems like somebody that based on what we've seen in video seems like somebody who will come off as likable. So is somebody who is going to come off with as very likable and has the side where she could hustle a lot. Like that's a pretty good combination. Um, if she could blend all those together. Um, 
I think there's a lot of potential with Carla. I think she's going to be very well liked on the season by the fans. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Ryan is next. I'll handle this one. Uh, 25 years old, originally from Savannah, Georgia, now lives in El Paso, Texas. Uh, warehouse associate, favorite hobbies, fishing, hiking, carpentry. Uh, three words to describe him. Charismatic, outgoing, humorous, pet peeves, bullies, laziness. I think that every person on the tribe is... Uh, Everyone hates laziness. Laziness, okay. Self-entitlement, that's another popular one. Uh, what is he most proud of? My connection that I made with my mother after her stroke, I helped her to understand that just because she wasn't the same... Uh, as before didn't mean she could live a full life she just had to approach things from a newfound perspective that's a cool story another cool story here she says he says that he says that we would never know that he was born three months early with mild cerebral palsy doctor said he would never walk again but after four years of therapy he was finally able to again incredible that he has made it here um today uh his hero is his father he says now this this is the one of the more interesting comparisons that we'll see i don't know if you will ever see this from anyone he says he'll most play the game like rupert very not common to see that in the new era uh or even new school uh says he likes the way he provided food for his tribe which will help them keep their strength their strengths and challenges says he's a triple threat uh can socialize easily quick and strong in puzzles uh great at forming bonds and influencing others uh and that's why he could win not really sure what to think about Ryan. He didn't give us a ton of crazy things in his answers. Definitely has a great story. Um, him, him calling him, uh, comparing himself to Rupert is somewhat of a red flag, I would say, um, especially in this new era. But uh, we'll have to see what happens. Not much else to say for me. Who voted for me? I, I, I can't see Rupert without thinking of that moment. Just the who voted for me. Um, if they go to tribal council and let's just say he's aligned with. Um, james or geo and they get voted out he's gonna go to the rest of the group and be like who voted for me <laughs> um but ryan dylan i have a question for you if, if you had someone with your name on the season do you root for your namesake or do you hope they don't win so you one day could be the winner so i i, I want to root for ryan because i'm a ryan but if i ever play survivor in season 47 or 48 i i, I don't want to be the second ryan to win i want to be the first ryan that's interesting i Personally, I would be drawn to somebody that's my name. I'd just be like, "Oh, yeah. we're we're similar. Uh, we have the same name. Like, I'll root for you." Have you rooted? Have you rooted for Ryan's in the past? Because there have been Ryan's on before. I don't think there's been a Dylan on Survivor, unless I'm mistaken. Shoot, I should know this. I don't think there has been a Dylan. But there have there have been there have been Ryan's on. So have you rooted for Ryan's in the past? I can't say. Well, hasn't been a good. Um pool of applicants i mean i mean i can't say that i've root i can't say that i've rooted for skinny ryan in pearl islands um i can't say that ryan uh ryan in season 35 made it to the finale was i rooting for ryan ulrich i don't think i was i was probably rooting rooting for Devin or for chrissy there um yeah i I do agree i mean how could i not root for for my fellow namesake um because then then you know what? If if Ryan wins, I can just clip the audio of Jeff saying the winner of Survivor forty three Ryan, and I can just I can have like any positive clips just in my phone. So I should be rooting for Ryan to do well. Yes. Um, but in all seriousness, I thought Ryan had a really interesting bio. His story about cerebral palsy was so interesting. Um, I I think it's so captivating how he talks about he had to. It takes him a bit longer to work in those situations and those conversations and how he really had to lean into the body language, had to lean into the facial expressions 
to understand people's motives, behaviors, how to anticipate their next move. And if he can really tap into that and he could be really good at both the explicit and the implicit when it comes to body language, behaviors, attitudes, facial expressions, body language, I mean, that's big. I mean, Dylan, how often do we talk about moments where, you know, people get blindsided and they don't see it coming, whereas you're talking to your allies, you're talking to your tribe mates in day three, and then it gets to day 16 and those same people, you go to them and you notice that something's off. They're not talking to you the same way. They're not looking you in the eyes. If the, the vibe feels off and if Ryan can be really good at the body language and tap into that, he could potentially sniff out a blindside coming or he could potentially understand when he the when, when the winds have changed. So I think that could be a great asset for him potentially. So that, that actually changed my mind. I don't I I can't remember if I saw that or not, but I did not remember it when I was just reading that bio. That's going to be a big strength for him in this game. Um, obviously it's important to be able to read body language and know when somebody's lying to you. And if he's had to rely on that his whole life, um, because of, you know, because of, of stuff that's happened to him, um, or, or, you know, uh, a disability in the past, um, that he's had to rely more on body language. That is something I think will be a big strength to him. So that actually did change my mind. I think, I think that he, he could, he could do very well. Um, if he is in fact very good at that. So we'll have to see what happens, but he should definitely be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Lindsay Carmine, age 42, uh, originally from Greensboro, North Carolina, and now lives in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Occupation, pediatric nurse. That's a good occupation for Survivor. And I'll get into it. But uh, mm-hmm. favorite hobbies, a lot of them. Volunteering, traveling, reading, exercising, gardening, projects on her homestead outdoor adventures, spending time with family and friends. She says she's relentless, relentless, resourceful, compassionate pet peeves, people that cut in line, smacking gum. Interesting. When people don't play game, when people play games on their phone and don't put the phone silent. Yeah, I can, I I can relate there. That's a, that's a big pet peeve of mine as well. Um, most, most proud of, uh, the accomplishment she's most proud of. I've never strayed away from goals. Uh, even when people tell me the expectations are too high, um, the common assumption is that you can have it all, just not all at once. She said, okay, so she's here. She's accomplished all of her goals. Uh, she hasn't stopped dreaming. Okay, a uh, pretty uh, general statement there. Um, she says people would never know that she's very competitive, even though she, uh, even as she get, even more as she gets older. Um, and let's see what else we got here. She says her heroes, healthcare survivors. That's really cool. Um, obviously she's a pediatric nurse, so she's in that industry. She says she'll play the game like three different women in the past. Uh, Natalie for her mental and physical strength, Sarah strategic, Michelle social. Uh, if she, if she could pull that off, she'll be the best survivor player of all time. Uh, and, yeah. uh, uh, and uh, why do you believe that she, why do you believe you could be a sole survivor? She has 20 years of reasons worth that she's going to be a sole survivor. Hmm. I'm going to say that I think that she has a strong chance of going to the end. Ooh, interesting. And, and here's why I'm going to, and you know what? Okay. Maybe going to the end is too high of expectations. I'll say she's going deep in this game and I'm pretty sure of it. Now, why is she going deep in this game? One seems like she is a she's going to be possibly a motherly figure, one of the older people on this tribe. Wouldn't you like? Okay, as a pediatric nurse, I said that's a good occupation. And I'll get back to that. Clearly, she's somebody who has to be very sympathetic. Clearly, she's somebody who you know she's a nurse. Uh, she works with kids all the time. 
clearly she's somebody that I think is going to be very trusted out there on the island as long as she is trustworthy herself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, this is somebody that you have to trust your kids with. She's a pediat- pediatric nurse. So I think that a lot of people are going to be drawn to her. A lot of people are going to feel comfortable working with her. A lot of people are going to want to work with her. She seems pretty athletic, says she does outdoor activities. So I don't foresee her being an issue in challenges. Um, she's competitive. Again, I don't see her being an issue there. So given as long as she's not bringing the tribe down in a physical aspect, which I don't see how she would do that. Um, I think that she is going to be somebody that people are very much drawn to and want to work with. And that's why I think she goes far. And we, we've think- seen we've seen motherly figures go far in this game. And there's a reason why. Yeah, no, I think you bring up some interesting points. I mean, she certainly has potential for all the reasons that you said. Um, Again, we don't want to generalize, but again, she even says in her bio and in her video, she's aware of the perception of her as a older woman. She's only 42, but in Survivor, they, they, they describe 42 as older woman. And she knows that those players don't always do well in the game. So she is aware of that. So I think she is good on the self-awareness front. Um, and I think you're right. I, I said this about a lot of other people. Um, I feel like for people, for players like Lindsay, if she can make it past the first couple of votes, I think you're right. I think she has a strong case to make a deep, deep run at it. You just you want to make sure that, you know, in the first few days of the game, when people are looking for any excuse to get rid of somebody, you just hope that she performs well in the challenge. Because uh, even though her tribe is a bit older, I mean, she's 42, other people are 37, 36, 28. So it's not like an overly young tribe. So that's, she's not going to stand out that much. But you just hope that they don't target her for that reason. And you're right, moms do, they can do well, like your Dawns of the world, your Sherry's, they can go far. But sometimes people get upset and hurt when the mom figure votes them out. And, and it, it kind of cuts very deep to them. So if Lindsay really is as competitive as she says, and she's going to do this for her and she's going to play a game and she's going to own her game. I think that's great for her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do agree. Um, I'm not even sure if she mentions if she is actually a mom or not, but she comes, she, she does. She it's, is. It's in her 30 second video. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I was going to say she comes off as a motherly figure. So I want to make yeah. sure I'm not mistaking that. Okay. Perfect. So yeah, I think she's going to do very well. Next. Janine, uh, originally from, south hamilton massachusetts now lives in san francisco uh she's a ux designer i'm not exactly sure if i know what that means it's um um, i i did my research before the podcast a ux designer ux stands for user experience designer so think about designing websites and platforms and things like that for user experience interesting um favorite hobbies backpacking bonus points if it leads to sleeping under the stars photography running uh uh, words to describe her green parentheses both in the fact that i absorb all new experiences information around me and i'm environmentally conscious empathetic good 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 trait uh witty um peppies being mansplained to people on their phones while you're hanging out interesting um she's most she's most uh, proud of her senior thesis which bridged her two majors environmental science and visual arts uh, two departments that have never worked together as a double major. So it took a lot of um, initiative to create her own classes and syllabus and do both. Um, she says we would never know from her. People assume she's extroverted, um, but she's definitely an introvert. Um, her father is her hero. Um, again, most people are saying that kind of thing. She wants to play like Kim. 
Um, she had the ability, she had the ability to control the game based on her interpersonal relationships, convincing everybody on the tribe that they could trust her. Um, also Andrea, um, because she's outdoorsy, carried her weight and manipulated people while staying likable. Why do you believe she could be the sole survivor? Uh, given the evolution of the game, I see the winner as having to, having to sit between multiple trust clusters and having the intuition to know when to rely on which at any given moment. I could sit in that position. I could create relationships with people from my from completely different backgrounds, juggle the nuances of her different alliances. My optimism and outdoor experience gives her gives me the ability to outlast, but I see my real strong suit as being the outwit portion. I can read social dynamics. All right, I'm not going to keep reading because it's a long, it's a long, uh, it's a long thing. But yeah. that's a very, uh, very deep answer there. I'm not really sure what to think about Janine. I've seen a lot of stuff about her on social media though lately. She seems to be like a very likable person. Um, also, clearly very smart that she did a double major um, in those two different uh, categories and blended them together. Uh, and just like you know, you could tell sometimes people's way with words if they're very intelligent and she seems that she is, you know, vocabulary based on what I'm reading. She seems like she's very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say she has potential. I'm curious to see what happens. Um, but I think, you know, based on what people are talking about, what people are saying on social media, I could see her being very likable as well. Yeah, I, I think you basically hit all my points. Uh, I'm not going to re- repeat anything, but I think the one thing I would add is she. I think she's saying all the right stuff in her bio and in, in her video. She was saying all the things that I like to hear. I mean, she's referencing Hannah when it comes to the trust clusters and sitting between different groups, being able to play a very malleable game. If you're able to ride the middle, playing the middle is the hardest thing to do in games like this. So if you can do that effectively, that is the mark of a great player. And she can juggle different alliances and different nuances. And she also says she has a, the athletic background and she wants to be strategic. And she seems like she could be very social. She's very, um, she seems very likable, very excited to play the game. All good stuff. It just comes down to, can you put that into practice? So, I mean, we say this all the time with people who get cut too early. I mean, Janine has the makings of a good player if she can put it all into practice. So let's see how she does. For sure. All right, next we got Jesse. Definitely an interesting character on the season. Mm-hmm. I know uh, just from reading, I will you know, I will say that just to start. Uh, 30 years old, from California, currently lives in Durham, North Carolina. Occupation, political science, PhD. Interesting, interesting, interesting uh, occupation for a game where, and he references it, where voting is a big thing. Um, hobbies, playing chess, chess with his son, dancing with his daughter, binge-watching shows um, after... Uh, with my wife after the chess player and dancer fall asleep. Funny joke. Uh, <laughs> aware, ambitious, and unbreakable are his three words to describe himself. His pet peeves are quitters, people who complain about things but aren't willing to change, and personalized license plates. I don't know what's wrong with personalized license plates, but that's just me. So, so here's uh, my question. If he ran into Cody in the parking lot and Cody had the personalized license plate of, what was it again? If he had the uh, license of um shoot i already forgot what it was get, get, get radical get radical yeah, yeah. if he had if, if he passed cody with license plate radical or get radical would he get upset by that i guess he would um all right he's most proud of the family that he built with his wife um so he has two kids um he says you never know that he does research at duke you don't look at me and see scholar as biggie says though quote unquote i'm sicker than your average uh, his hero his hero is your is his wife um Okay, this was one of the most interesting things as well. He says, I'm basically, so what? which survivor would you play 
the game looks like. He says he's basically Spencer or Christian if they got jumped into a gang at 15. I'm definitely bringing an academic mindset to the game because I spent more hours thinking about how people vote than Sandra and Boston Rob combined. At the same time, I wasn't raised in an ivory tower and I've been around the block to know uh, there is stuff textbooks can't teach you about real real people in real life. Why do you believe you could win Soul Survivor? He again says it. I've researched voting behavior for years. I don't care if I'm out there with somebody who has never missed an episode of Survivor or somebody who has played three times. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna hold a candle to me strategically, direct quote. But I'm also uh, not an academic by nature, and I've gone from a gang member to dealing with Harvard-level researchers on a daily basis. So I can adapt to any environment and build relationships with anybody. And Ryan, this is what I will say is maybe without a doubt the most interesting background that I've heard uh, in a long time. He was in a gang. He went from being in a gang to now does research at Duke. Uh, Has his PhD insane um the way you could tell he is i don't want to say cocky but for sure confident um says that people ain't gonna hold a candle to him strategically says he has studied voting for more hours than boston rob and sandra have combined so this is somebody who's confident this is somebody who thinks they're going to do really well this is somebody who's not just saying it they have their phd they're really smart they've also you know spent time in a gang they have street smarts as he says this is a very, very intriguing person on the season, Jesse. I am very, very excited to watch Jesse play. This bio was so captivating to read from, from not just from not just from his backstory, because obviously being in a gang to now getting a political science PhD is quite a story. Um, and obviously I loved hearing him talk about his family and his kids. Obviously, he has a soft side to him as well. And the voting behavior, that just to me was so interesting because if, if i if i'm thinking about what i might see from him in confessionals i'm gonna be so excited and happy on the podcast if i have to hear him saying confessional well we're going to travel council and based on the wells and justine's alliance they're gonna vote for this way but i think NECA will vote this way but i'm pretty sure that cody will also vote this way based on his conversation like if he's gonna be doing like the christian hubicki like mapping out different things and having like the stitched together confessional it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch jesse play this game the one thing I will say is that obviously he comes, he's very intelligent. He needs to get that last part down in his bio where he says, I dealt with gang members to Harvard researchers so I can build alliances or I can build relationships with anybody. He's got to capitalize on that. He's got to capitalize on the social relationship survivor in and of itself at its core is a social game. I mean, obviously we, we always reference Natalie and Russell. You won't win if people don't like you. Like it just comes down to that. Even if you've played the best game in the history of the show, so Jesse, I hope he uses his voting, um, analyzing skills to good use. Understands voter behavior, makes good alliances, but he's got to nail down those relationships. If he could, he could do that. He could be a very impressive player. Agreed. Uh, excited to watch him play. Yeah. Next, we have Cassidy, twenty-six years old from uh, Plano, Texas and now lives in Austin, Texas. She's a designer. Um, fashion design, uh, favorite hobbies, fashion design, and most forms of art, thrifting through your grandparents' old clothes and knickknacks, skating, boxing, and underwater exploring. So uh, before I go on, interesting yeah. fact is I, I mentioned that it seems like they're trending a lot towards this being a very athletic cast. Almost everybody has mentioned some type of sport as a hobby. Yeah, should be yeah. Inter- Should be interesting to see, especially after like, 
last season, Jonathan just blew blew out everybody in every single challenge. And it yeah, was definitely sure. not the most it, it may have been the least athletic cast of all time. No disrespect to season 42, which I loved. This seems completely opposite. Very athletic cast. Um we'll have to find out by the way about that if that's actually true. Uh three words to describe her groovy, charismatic, and creative. Pet peeves, narrow-minded, judgmental people. Also, people who have no reverence for Mother Nature and all her beautiful beings. Uh, she's most proud of that. She's fought through many bad, exper- uh, painful experiences. She's never let it break me or hold her back. She will always have a fighting spirit. And she's also very proud of showing uh, her designs at a fashion show. What's something we would never know from looking at her? So she's had, uh, she has uh, spiritual wonder and appreciation for life and nature. Um she can manifest and create anything when I surrender fully to the moment and find acceptance in it. Um, she says her heroes, his mom, her mom, again, very similar to everything else. Um, she's always admired Kim Spradlin's game. She was a low key assassin. Uh, I love seeing a good triple threat win. She says, uh, she played a very strong social and strategic and physical game. She puppeted her Alliance through the entire game while keeping the target off her bat back. She says she thinks she could win Survivor because she has the sweet spot in all the right places. She's physically fit, competitive. She will be an asset to her tribe, but but my slight or stature will make me appear non-threatening. I'm intuitive, out-of-the-box thinker, clever, witty, um, has the ability to manipulate and persuade. Um, yeah, and again, she gives a very long answer. I'm not going to completely yeah. read it. Um, I'm going to say potential as well for Cassidy. Um Again, she is somebody that I don't think looks, you know, she says that she said she doesn't think she's going to be seen as a threat. Um, I think I agree with that, but yet I could see her being very good socially. Um, and again, I, I'm not really sure what to think here, but I'm getting good vibes. For me, I feel like Cassidy is one of the bigger question marks in the cast. I, I, I don't know where I think she'll do. Maybe that goes back to me saying that she could have some high variance in terms of placement, but I'm just not sure because I mean, obviously she's very spiritual. She talks about manifesting um, in the universe. I, in her video, she talks about how her spirit animal is a Fox. So very mischievous, very cunning. Um, I guess in terms of all of the talk about the, you know, the manifestation in the universe, I, I, I mean, she seems to give me some vibes as well from uh, millennials, Gen X, Michelle. She gives me some of those vibes a little bit, um, but I don't know. I, I could see her going far potentially, but I could also see her going out early or maybe like right at the end of the pre-merge if she's not in the right alliance or if she doesn't connect with others in the right way. So I don't know. I, I just, I don't get a good read on, read on her yet. Completely agreed. I'm not really sure what to say, uh, but we'll move on. Yeah, I, I can do, I can do the last few if you want. Go for it. We only have a couple more left. So Yeah. Only, yeah. Only, uh, I think four more left. Okay. James Jones, JJ, 37, from Philadelphia, um, event planner is his occupation, enjoys curating events, I would certainly hope so, uh, finding the best cocktails in the city, reading and writing, uh, describes himself as confident, casual, and self-aware, pet peeves, really bad customer service, and pushy salespeople. He's most proud of winning the U.S. Chess Open for his rating bracket when he was 12, won $1,200. That was like $100,000 to me at the time. And it gave him the confidence that he could do almost anything. He grew up in the church. He was an usher 
and sang in the choir and his dad was a deacon and his mom was a deaconess. So he, so faith is, faith is important to him. His mom is his hero. Um, he thinks that he will play the game most like Sandra, as long as it ain't me, anybody but me will always be a strategy as long as he sees a path to the end. Um, if he doesn't have that, he will be an agent of Chaos Russell with charm. He's playing to win and not for seventh. And he believes he can be the sole survivor because I thrive. I find a certain comfort in chaos. Chaos, chaos is a ladder. That's my own quote there. Uh, managing events at a club on Friday nights. Anything can happen, but whatever issues pop up, you have to handle. So with James, I'm just looking at my notes here. James is somebody who I liked. Um, just trying to find my notes on him, but James is somebody who I think in his video, I think he mentioned Earl Cole, any Earl Cole reference gets a thumbs up for me. I think Earl is a great player. I would have loved to see Earl come back at some point before just his only season. Um, I think that his, um, his work experience and his background is very interesting. He has some interesting parts there with the chess component. This isn't a cast that talks a lot about faith, but faith is very important to him. And if there are other players who uh, have a strong faith, maybe he can connect with them. The thing that I love, Dylan, in his um, bio, or maybe it was in, in his video, he does want to play kind of devious. He wants to, I don't know if you, you saw this, he think, he wants to make some fake advantages. We've seen fake idols made. He wants to go one step farther and make fake advantages. Um I didn't follow along with the most recent season of South African Survivor, although I heard it was very good. And somebody made a fake advantage and it actually worked out. So I'm all for James looking to go full throttle and say, you know what? I'm going to make someone think they have an extra vote when they don't. Or I'm going to make someone think they have this when they don't. And that really screws up their game. That would be very fun to see. Um, to me, James is somebody that has some potential. I'm really intrigued by James. Uh Chess champion at age 12, <laughs> impressive, clearly really smart. Also handles events, interacting with a lot of people, clearly. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it should be interesting to watch him play. I think I would hope that in a season where there's a ton of advantages in moving parts, that somebody could take advantage and make a fake advantage. Not to use the word advantage 17 times in one sentence, but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch James play. I think he has a lot of potential and I will have him circled on my list. So it should be interesting. Yep. Next up is Gio Bustamante. Bustamante, 36. Uh Miami, Florida is his hometown, but he currently lives in Honolulu, Hawaii. So him and Cody, first two Hawaiians on the cast. His occupation is project manager. He enjoys hiking, traveling, and diving. So going back to Dylan's theory that everybody here has some type of athletic interest, which could be making for a well-rounded cast. Um, he describes himself as adaptable, hardworking, and resilient. Once again, somebody who does not like laziness um, and somebody who does not have common courtesy. Uh, he's most proud of the fact that English is his second language. He grew up in the hood and was homeless for a period of time. And he's also proud of getting his associate's degree with a 4.0 GPA. Um, you wouldn't know by looking at him that he grew up shy, quiet, and in his head, which made him a thinker and very analytical. His husband is his hero because he is everything I have in life. Um, he's a military spouse. He thinks to play the game. This was interesting, Dylan. It would be, I would play the game most like a combination of Cochran and Boston Rob, but I'm not as physical as Rob, but I will be strategic like Cochran. So it's an interesting combination there. And I'm hoping that by the end of the season, people will see that I played my own game and he thinks he can win because in life, he's already a survivor. Um, 
he has the fire within him and the willpower to show the world that he deserves to win. Um, I think Gio could be fun to watch, Dylan, because he's playing with house money. And I say that because I don't know if you saw his video. He had to quit his job to be on the show. So I did see that. Yes. Yeah. So he, he, he's got to be like, look, I need this money and I'm going to win. Kind of like how I, I can't remember if it was James, someone, a few uh, people ago said, I'm not playing for seventh. I'm playing to win. Like Gio ain't playing to make the merge. Gio wants to win. So I'm always down for someone who's going to play hard again, hard, not sloppy. Someone who's going to try to fight in this game. And I, I could see Gio doing decently, but I, I don't have a firm of a read yet. What do you think? I kind of see Gio as somebody that I also don't have a big, a a huge opinion on in terms of, I can't really get a read. Um, His story is interesting. The fact that like English is second language, he was homeless. uh, And then he ended up with a Ford 4.0 GPA. Um, The Cochrane Rob thing. I'm not really sure how he's thinking, but that's interesting. So I can't really get a good read on Gio, but I think that maybe he's somebody that, like you said, is playing with house money and could make a big move here or there. Yeah, he was born in Peru, I believe, as well. Yeah, I did see that. Um, but let's move on. Uh, we have Elizabeth or I, Ellie is is what she goes Ellie, by. Ellie, yeah. So, yeah, two more people. Ellie, uh, 31 years old. She's a clinical psychologist, currently lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. Favorite hobbies, rock climbing, skiing, karaoke at dive bars. Uh, three words to describe her. Clever, perceptive, and authentic. Her pet peeve. Really, the only way someone that can earn a spot on my bad side is being inconsiderate or intentionally hurtful to others. Excuse me. Social injustice and discrimination make my blood boil. I will always speak up when I observe it, even if even if it gets me in trouble. Um, I think I have a natural ability to... Oh, I skipped all the way to who you're going to play most like. I saw Kim Spradlin and I got excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, she's most, but she's most proud of having, a, um, having persistence in education despite the challenges. And she was accepted into a program and um, she did really well GPA wise. Um, she's very creative and artsy. Her grandparents or her abuelos are her heroes. This is where I jump to. Um, she thinks that she'll play the game like um, Kim Spradlin. But she also understands that um, Kim had some luck and circumstance on her side. Kelly Wentworth was also a scrappy and crafty underdog. And then she once again mentions three fields playing a great social and strategic game. Um, she also thinks that she could play like Sarah Lucina in terms of being a strong physical player in each of Sarah's seasons. And Ellie thinks she can win the game because um, I will outwit by use of my natural social strategy, skill, and cutthroat strategy. People will share information, trust me, and be disarmed by me, which will make me dangerous. Uh, I like Ellie. I definitely think Ellie is someone who I would put in the has potential category. Um, I think the story that I read... Um, I think in her bio or in one of the videos is that she started watching the show in grad school because someone literally said to her, you were, you look like, and remind me of Michelle Fitzgerald. <laughs> and uh, that's how she kind of got into it. And she, she, she got hooked, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, and the other thing is that I, I mentioned this to you offline. She says that she wants to be the queen of advantages. Now this cast Definitely saw season 41 because this season 43 aired in March or April of this year, 2022. So they saw all of 41 and they probably saw the pre-merge of 42. And I would not be surprised when she says in her video, I want to be the queen of advantages. She probably saw Drea entering the merge with like three or four different advantages, like with the extra vote, the amulets, etc. So if she says, wow, this new era, you can have a good place and you can run the table if you have these advantages. 
Ellie is somebody who, if she sees a beware advantage or if she sees an advantage, she's going to go for it no matter what. So I think Ellie could do well. Yeah. Uh, psychologist, always a good occupation to have. We always highlight that every time we do these. Yeah, I clearly very smart. Uh, I think what you said about the advantages is very interesting. Clearly, she's going to come to play. Another person who mentions her athleticism, so she should be pretty well-rounded. Um, mm -hmm. I Yeah, I think she she's really smart and should do well. Obviously, her, her game will come down to how social she could be. I mean, I'm not really sure if she mentioned any of her social skills, which is interesting because most people have kind of mentioned that. She hasn't really mentioned that um if i'm reading correctly so that her game will come down to her social skills clearly somebody who's very smart clearly somebody who's going to go for all the advantages based on what you said um and again that could be a double-edged sword is she going to go for advantages too early that she's going to be seen as a threat is are people going to know she has advantages and see her as a threat or is she going to be able to keep that all under wraps is nobody going to know and is she going to pull them out at the right time we'll have to find out we shall see last person dylan we made it is Dwight Moore. Dwight is 22, um, hometown California, currently lives in Tennessee. He is a grad student. Hobbies include skiing, video games, and tutoring. Words that describe him are ambitious, confident, and strong-willed. <laughs> this was funny. Pep peeve. Someone making a reference to the office with two seconds of learning my name. So nobody should make a uh, Bears Beats Battlestar Galactica reference to him. Um, he also dislikes arrogance. He also hates when people refuse to use turn signals while driving. So maybe he and Owen can bond over four-way interceptions <laughs> and people driving and not being good drivers. Um, he's most proud of in his sophomore year of high school. He took the ACT and he got a perfect score. Um, his parents set an example for him to show what black people can accomplish academically. It's not the actual score that I'm proud of. It's the idea that hopefully someone felt motivated by seeing black representation in an academic space. Um, we wouldn't know by looking at him that he had a whole career as a journalist. I mean, this was interesting. He talked about how he interviewed a lot of secretaries of state and other politicians at a young age, which is pretty cool. So he's not afraid to grab the mic and chat with people. His parents are his heroes. This was interesting. He thinks he'll play the game most like Wendell from Ghost Island. Wendell made it far due to a very strong social game, and he hopes to create that same level of bond such that people will keep him around, and he also performed well at challenges. And then lastly, he thinks he can win the game because of his social skills and his intellect, in addition to the passion that he puts into every single thing he does. So Dylan, not to end on a bad note, but I have a few concerns about Dwight. And I say that because, well, and, and Grant, I am not one to make this comment because I know I'm guilty of this as well. But I watched this video. And he talks very fast. Now, I talk very fast, so I'm guilty of this also. But, you know, again, when you're making connections in a 26-day game, this again, this is a shorter game than the, in the past to be more fast-paced. you got to connect with people really early on. And if he's really eager, seems very hyper to play the game, talks fast, might rub some people the wrong way. The other reason I bring it up, my concern is because he says that he believes in fearlessness and he believes in just asking. That's how he got to interview all those uh, secretaries of state, just by asking. Um, while I I think that, again, you're playing hard, I don't want him to play sloppy because I thought about this. What if he's in a situation where he's very forward in alliance making and he's asking a lot of people for alliances, kind of like the whole Aubrey, like, I want, I want to have a dialogue, I want to have a dialogue, I want to have a dialogue. It, that could get around if he's too eager. 
And if he's also super eager, he could go idle searching pretty early on too. So while I think Dwight is obviously very intelligent and he could do very well in the strategic part of the game, I just don't want him to play too fast and sloppy. That's my concern. Look, clearly Dwight is brilliant. Um, perfect score in the ACT as a sophomore in yeah. high school. Yeah. Uh, clearly, I would say he comes off as personable as well. So I, I think the Wendell comparison was interesting. Wendell is somebody who had his own has his own business. Went to went Ivy League, I believe. I think he was, said he went to UPenn. Um, and he and uh, Dwight here is saying, you know, how he's had a lot of academic success. He's saying, and and I, I thought one thing about Wendell, which made him such a likable likable player, um, besides the fact that he was great at the game, is like he was he was great personality. I'm wondering here, you know, Dwight. He says he always wants to be a journalist. Um, I know he says that in his video, so he did it. He interviewed all these uh, people, all these like pretty pretty big people: Condoleezza Rice, uh, Cory Booker, at at a young age. My guess is that if he's getting into journalists and interviewing people, that he's got to be pretty personable. I would think that he could probably relate to other people well in terms of making relationships. He's probably, you know, when they when they land when they get to the island on the first day, when they get to the beach, he's probably going to be somebody who's talking right away to other people. So I think that if he could, you know, make a lot of relationships by being personable, the way that he comes off as in his answers here plus his smarts, I think he could do well. But I do think that the concerns that you have are very valid as well. Yeah, and again, I don't want to generalize. It could also just be an age thing. He's 22. I think he's the second youngest besides Sammy, or he's the second or third youngest. So it could also just be an age thing where maybe because of that, he finds himself in a couple of tough situations. But again, we'll see. You never know. All right, so we got the tribe breakdowns, which we'll go through pretty quick because we've already been on here for a while. Um, so we have the Coco tribe, which is the blue tribe. We have, uh, we have, uh, James, Ryan, Gio, um, Cassidy, uh, wait, you got, you got the other names. I don't want to like, I'm not great with names. So I'm like forgetting. You're all good. Don't worry. That's why I got you. The Coco tribe in left to right is James, Lindsay, Ryan, Gio, Carla, and Cassidy. All right. So that's, that's the Coco blue tribe. Uh, the next tribe or, or, or do you want to give your thoughts about each one first? I'll give I'll give quick thoughts and then we'll move to the next one and then that'll be it. Right. Uh, quick thoughts: This tribe is going to struggle in challenges. Oh, interesting. I actually thought I actually thought they would do. I thought they could do okay. I didn't think they, I didn't think they were going to be the the, the the disaster tribe. I thought they I thought they could do okay. They're not they're not going to be Taku clearly from last season, but they could do okay. Yeah, maybe it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting like, uh, it doesn't look like anybody's like that tall. So maybe it's just like a visual thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody on the cast said that they're athletic. So to me, it's like, I'm looking and I'm trying to put like tears in my mind of like who will be the challenge beasts. And I don't think that any of these six were in that category. So that's why I said it. That's fair. I mean, and, I mean, I kind of, like, like I said, I think they could do okay in challenges. I think the next tribe or maybe the last one, the one that's yellow, Baca, I think they're the ones that could struggle more in challenges. I mean, Ryan and James could help them in the challenges. Again, everybody else had some type of physical activity, like, um, I don't have them all down here, but basically they all could do different things. Um, but we'll see what happens. All right, the Vessi tribe, which is red. Yeah, Vessi. I think this I think this tribe could do pretty well overall in the challenges. So Vessi from left to right is Dwight, 
uh, NECA, Cody, Noel, Jesse, and Justine. So I think, I mean, I mean listen, obviously I'm biased because Noel is a Paralympian, but I think this tribe could do well in the challenges. Her, Cody, Dwight, Jesse, I mean, Justine obviously rode dirt bikes. Ne NECA could do well. I mean, this I think this out of the three would be the strongest tribe. Now, again, last season, I think Dylan and I were wrong about one of the tribes, so it could happen here. But I think Vessi, the Red Tribe, could do well in the challenges. Um, that's just my thought. Yeah, this is your dominant tribe, in my opinion. I agree. Um, anything else I have to say? I'm going to try to think about it. No, I think that's it. I think this team is, I think this this tribe is mostly all going to the merge because of how dominant they'll be. Now, wait, one thing I do have to mention is, I, I'm, think, I'm thinking so much 41-42. We don't even know. There could be a tribe swap. So I'm not going to say anything. I don't know. I haven't looked into any of the twists yet, so we'll have to see what happens. But for now, I'm going to say this is your dominant tribe before well, anything stuff happens. What would be interesting, Dylan, is, um, and I think I think I have the hometowns here. There are a couple people from similar towns and cities. I'm sorry, something that towns and cities. Sorry, cities and states. So, for example, Neca and James aren't on the same tribe, but they're both from Philadelphia, and then Cody and. Geo are both from Hawaii, but they're not in the same tribe. So if these individuals end up meeting, they could have a similar background and connection, but that's just a separate side note. Interesting. Now the last tribe, Baca, this is a tribe that I think could struggle in challenges potentially, but maybe Dylan and I have different thoughts on that. We both agree that red's the best, but we'll see who's better between yellow and blue. Baca from left to right is Ellie, Gabler, Mariah, Owen, Janine, and Sammy. Um... I say they could struggle just because I feel like I'm looking at the other tribes. I'm thinking of Justine and Noel. I'm thinking of James. I'm thinking of Cody. I'm thinking of Ryan, Geo. And I feel like I'm looking at this tribe and maybe other than Sammy, who could be like in that Xander spot. And I'm sure Owen's no slouch. And maybe Janine and Mariah and Ellie are going to contribute. I just feel like I think red and blue are overall stronger. That's just my gut instinct. But again, listen, Jeff always says, the puzzles are the great equalizer. So if there's a puzzle at the end, maybe whoever's great at puzzles will win all the challenges. So what are your thoughts about Baca? Yeah, I, it's going to be a battle between them and Blue to see who who could come in second every challenge, in my opinion. Uh, but look, you know, Sammy, I would hope, could be athletic. He said his number one hobby is sports. He looks pretty pretty big, athletic. Owen has mentioned that he coaches fitness classes. I would hope that he also could be athletic. Obviously, they do have Mike, who's the I believe the oldest person on this cast. Mm -hmm. So that's that may not be great, or maybe he is an athlete below his years. Um, and then the the women, we're gonna have to see. Um, I I know I I think I believe Ellie mentioned something about. It athletics i don't know if the other two uh, i think i think ellie said rock climbing or skiing or something like that okay yeah i don't know if the other two did i don't think they did i'm gonna say that they're gonna be in a battle with blue every week until there's a swap or merge so we'll have to see what happens but uh yeah i, I think red is clearly the most physical phys should be the most physically dominant tribe i mean look dylan you never know i mean last season we said taku would never lose and the only time they lost was when they put Jonathan on, on the puzzle. <laughs> so, yeah. so you never know. You never know what's going to happen, though. Right, right. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else to talk about? I think we could wrap up. It's been a while, uh, hour and a half. So, look, I'm excited for this season. I think we're going to have a great season. I'm excited for this cast. I think there's a lot of potential. I think there's a lot of good characters. I think there's a lot of interesting people. So, curious to see 
what happens there. Um, we'll say before we sign off here, remember to follow us on all social platforms, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button on the video it really helps us out. Um, especially if you made it this far, I would hope you could, uh, I would hope you like our video. So, uh, hit the like button there. Um, follow us on TikTok. look out on our Twitter for any updates we have. Um, feel free to comment, message us, whatever you want. We'll get back to you. Um, and I'm excited for the season. It's going to be a lot of fun, Ryan. Dylan, I can't wait. Only two weeks to go. And then we're on season 43. Super excited. Yep. And as you normally close out. Yeah, this is the first time of the, uh, the new <laughs> season to do this. But as always, we got nothing else for you. So grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.